Good, good. I'm going to tell you, all right? This right here, that, look, hold up. Youth, do y'all know what this is? Because y'all probably don't know what this is either, all right? This right here is called a handwritten letter, all right? So somebody look to somebody and say, that's a letter right there, all right? And so, man, any of y'all, like, have y'all ever gotten a handwritten letter? Like, maybe, like, somebody slid you one in, I don't know, in class, circle, yes or no. Or, but this one right here, man, it came in the mail, all right? And so, I don't know if anybody, does anybody still send letters? Anybody? Do you send letters? Man, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My address is 10607 Woodland. If y'all want to send me something, go ahead, all right? Because I remember how excited I used to get when a letter came to my house that had my name on it. I don't get that excited anymore because when I go to the mailbox, everything that has my name on it is a bill. You know what I'm saying? And so, man, it's either a bill or, I don't know, it's like a catalog or some type of like pizza coupon. You know what I'm saying? But, but here's the thing. Check this out. Nothing really, man, there's never anything personal anymore coming to me in my mailbox. So you can believe that when I get a handwritten letter addressed to me. It's got my name on it. Oh, man, and it comes to the Milton house. It's going to be an event, all right? Man, uh, I don't know how I'm going to open it. Sometimes I'll be so excited like I'm a little kid in Christmas. Somebody wrote me a letter, you know, and I'm getting into it. Or sometimes take it nice and slow because I want to savor the moment because, man, it hadn't happened since I was in the eighth grade. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, man, want to make sure that I remember this moment. But, but here's the thing, man, I was thinking, like, I, our phones, like, they're filled with text messages, right? You know what I'm saying? I mean, filled to the max with text messages. Man, most of us, our emails, like, our inboxes filled to the maximum with, with messages. Unless you're Jesse. This guy over here, he's got the spiritual gift of making no messages stay in his inbox, right? Man, every day he's able to bring that down to zero. I don't know if there's anybody else out here. But, man, if there are, if y'all relate to him, man, I think that's amazing Lee OCD. All right, but, but I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say. All right, but, but here's the thing, man. Our, our phones are filled with text messages. Man, our, our emails filled, I mean, our inbox is filled with emails. You know what I'm saying? But, man, to get a personal letter, that's something different. Like, I can guarantee you, if I get a personal letter sent to me, I'm going to open it up. I'm going to be so excited. And I can promise you that I will read the entire thing in one setting, in, unless it's the Christmas letter from the Shires. I'm not going to lie, all right? That, that, I, mean, I mean, anybody ever got one of those? That's like a novel, all right? It's, it's a short novel. Kathy is great. But, man, they got a lot of kids to write about. You know what I'm saying? So, so here's the thing, man. Uh, I remember one time when I was in the seventh grade, I was in the seventh grade, uh, kind of had like a down week. You know, I mean, you're a teenager, right? Happens all the time. Oh, man, my life's horrible. And I got something in the mail from my great aunt Jojo, all right? Man, I got something from my great aunt Jojo, and I opened it up, and man, I still have it to this day, but I don't even have to have it in my hands because I still remember what she said. See, she was an educator that was retired, and so anytime somebody that was kin to her made it in the newspaper for being on the honor roll, man, she, she thought that was amazing, you know? And so, hey, believe this or not, but one time I made the AB honor roll, all right? Maybe one A, maybe all Bs, I don't know, but, but I was on there, all right? And she saw that. Man, she cut out the clipping and she mailed that to me. And she personally addressed the letter to me. And, and she wrote that she was so proud of me. And she told me, don't stop. 
And she put this poem in there. I'll never forget this poem. Man, this is what she said. She said, Justin, man, this was used like somebody encouraged me with this. I want to encourage you with this. And it said, good, better, best. Never let it rest until your good is better and your better is best. Man, I get chills. Like I get chills thinking about what that meant to me when I received that. And so whenever I think about that, I want y'all to imagine receiving a letter maybe from your best friend or, or from a family member on your worst day ever. Think about how that would make you feel. Man, it brings you up. Man, it, man, it encourages you. And I think that begins to describe how eager the recipients of 1 John were when they actually heard from John. Man, like the letter, however eagerly awaited for, man, it's only part of the story, all right? Man, what makes letters so great are the words that are on the letter. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, what makes letters so great is, man, the person giving you good news or the person encouraging you. And then that's exactly what John is doing when he wrote this letter to his friends in modern-day Turkey. Here's what he did. Man, he gave them news about his situation, and he encouraged his friends, his fellow Christians, man, his fellow Christ followers, to turn away from false teaching. Man, John speaks kindly. Man, he speaks, like, hopefully to his friends, and he reminds them of their unique relationship that they have with Jesus Christ. Man, when he reminds them about this, he says, hey, listen, this is special. Man, you have a relationship with the Son of God, and he encourages them to walk out this relationship and walk out their knowledge in this way as they treat other people. Man, that's encouraging. Man, that is so neat. And so when I think about it in that perspective, man, I can't help but think that the letter that he wrote to his, you know, Christian followers, man, the, the same letter that he wrote them, man, man, it's for us today. Man, that same letter is for you and me. And even though our geographical location is way different, man, even though our chronological situation is like way different than those people that received that letter back then, John's encouragement for us to love in spite of tough circumstances, man, it still rings true today. Man, we live in a tough world. Man, we go through tough situations. Man, we are offering a parent conference because we understand that parenthood, man, that's the toughest hood you will ever walk through, all right? Man, it is so tough. Man, it's so scary, all right? And so, man, I think, like, we can relate to this letter in the same way that they related. And so today, what we're going to do is we're going to try to pick up where Matt ended last week, all right? So we're going to be in the book of 1 John. We're going to be in chapter 2, and we're going to check out verses 3, 4, 5, and 6, all right? And so, man, as you, uh, you know, turn there, tap your way there, scroll your way there, let me pray over us. We're going to pray three things. Let's pray that, man, God would speak. Let's pray that we would hear, and let's pray that that truth would set us free, all right? So it's okay if you keep on looking for the scripture while you're praying. That's all right, all right? It's okay. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we ask you those three things together. Not one person, but, man, as a body of believers united under one God, under one king, God, we ask that you would please speak to us today. God, we ask that you would please, please give us the ear so that way we can hear what your spirit is saying. <clears throat> and, God, we pray that that truth would set us free. 
God, we pray that we would leave here differently. And I'm not talking about the door that we walked in. God, I'm praying that we would have a heart change. And God, we wouldn't like try to like come up with the list and say, man, this is great. I'm going to start this when March rolls around. But we would be praying to you. Man, we would come down to the author and just like call out. We would just sit down in our seat. We would call out to you and say, God, how can I start living this out immediately today? Show me how I could apply it to my life. God, we ask all this in your son's precious name. Amen. So last week, man, if y'all were here last week, if you weren't, I'm going to tell you, all right? But last week, our text, it focused on God's abundant grace. Man, is grace good? Somebody say, grace is good. Man, grace is good. Grace is abundant. And so, like, what grace does is, man, it forgives us of our sins. Wow, man, that's great. And so, like, man, we remember that the Scripture said last week, if we sin, we know that we will. Check out what it says. We have an advocate with the Father, right? Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So after setting forth God's grace, like, man, if we understand that, John goes on to say, like, those of us who have experienced that grace, man, we will show that by living in obedience to his word. So, man, the great thing about this passage today, the great thing about 3 through 6, is it's the application of what was already set out before us last week. And so, man, if you want to write things down, maybe you're one of those people that's not trying to draw me looking real skinny, all right? And so if you want to write things down, you can write this down. This is number one. God wants us to know him, all right? You're like, duh. Like, come on, Justin. Like, we're at church. Like, I get that. But do we get that? Man, like, does your neighbor get that? Poke him. Come on. Like, just I'm giving you a chance to elbow your neighbor right now. Say, God wants us to know him, all right? Look, some of y'all are like, I'm not going to do that. I don't know them, all right? Well, well, turn to the other side, somebody that you know, and say, God wants us to know him, all right? The reason why I'm saying that is Christianity is not just about knowing about God, all right? Man, it's not just about knowing certain types of doctrines. Man, it's not just about following certain moral precepts. Man, it is essentially to know God. That's what we're talking about. Man, we're talking about knowing God. Jesus said himself in John chapter 17, verse 3, he says this right here, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Christianity at its heart is knowing God personally through Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior who revealed God to us. So here's the thing, man, I know this, this is tough. This is hard to say. Man, this does not go viral on social media when you say this. People want to say that this is too narrow-minded. But I got to let you know that if you do not know him, you're not a Christ follower. Man, it does not matter how correct your theology is. It does not matter how much about the Bible you know. It does not matter how many verses you have memorized. Man, it does not matter if you've been born, raised, that's gross when people say they were born in church because I'm glad I wasn't there when it happened. But let's say you were born in church. Let's say you were raised in church. Let's say you never missed a church service. Let's say that you got perfect attendance for Sunday school for the whole entire life that you lived. Man, let's say that you know every hymn. Let's say you know every praise song. Let's say you know all 12 verses to oceans. It does not matter if you know all those things, but you don't know God, all right? Because if you don't know God, man, you're not a Christ follower. Man, if you don't know him, man, then that's where you need to start. Man, you got to understand that that is the foundation. 
Man, if you don't know God personally, you're not saved. See, there's a big difference between knowing about somebody and actually knowing that person. See, growing up, I knew so much about Michael Jordan. Like, I had a man crush on Michael Jordan, all right? Anytime we got to pick out Valentine cards for my class, my mom was like, man, you want this? Like, Transformers, you want G.I. Joe's? No, I want MJ all day, all right? Man, number 23, he's a Chicago Bull. If y'all don't know who he is, I knew about him. I watched his games on TV. I read books about him. I looked at those pictures in those books about it. Man, I almost like, man, when I was in high school, every single one of my, oh, man, this is weird. Like, this is like, I, I had a man crush on him, all right? Every one of my art projects, man, is centered around the likeness of Michael Jordan. I loved all things Michael Jordan, MJ, all day, number 23, even 45 when he came back, and then switched back to 23, even when he went to the Wizards. That was weird, all right? But listen, I loved him. Man, I knew a lot about him, but I've never met him. I've never talked to him. Man, I don't know him personally. And so here's the difference. Man, there's some people that are here today, we know a lot about God. But if you've never entered into a personal relationship with him through Jesus Christ, then you don't know God. You don't know him personally. Man, the Apostle Paul, he was a rabbinical student steeped in Judaism. Man, the Apostle Paul knew all things Hebrew. Man, he knew the Hebrew scriptures. Man, he kept the Jewish rituals. Man, he knew about the Jewish feast. Man, he knew everything that there was to know. And he even says in Philippians 3, as to the righteousness of the law, he says that he was blameless. Wow. Man, he goes on to say in verse 8, I count all this a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Here's the thing. Paul knew about God. He knew more about God than most people could ever know in his lifetime. But even though he knew about God, he did not know God personally until he came into faith in Jesus Christ. Man, do you know God personally through Christ? Man, that's the foundation. That's where you got to begin. Man, the second thing. Somebody say number two. All right, you're listening. Okay, listen. God wants us to know him. All right, that was number one. All right, but number two is God wants us to know that we know him. All right, man, I'm, I'm, I'm not stuttering. Okay, that's, that's what scripture says. In verse three, it says, and by this, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Wow. Check it out. Man, and by this, we know that we have come to know him. So the second thing, man, if you want to put it down, God wants us to know him. See, like we said, there's a difference between knowing somebody and knowing about somebody. There's also a difference, so don't get confused, but there's a difference between knowing and knowing that you know. All right, and John wants to make that point. He wants to bring that to the surface. He's saying, man, this is going to sound confusing, but I don't want you to be confused. There's a difference between knowing and knowing that you know. Because here's the thing. Listen to what he says when he keeps on doing the scripture. Man, he says this. He, he says, like, because, like, it's easily, it can be easily mistaken, all right? You can claim that you know him. Check out in verse 4. It says, whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments, man, he's a liar, and the truth is not in him. So John mentions somebody claiming to know Christ, but then he bluntly says, this person is a liar because they don't keep his commandments. Man, when you're reading this, ooh, 
man, this is serious stuff, all right? We're talking about eternal destiny right here. And so no wonder, man, no wonder our enemy, the enemy of our souls, has created some major cloudiness about this subject because it's serious. It's important. Man, God wants you to know him through faith in Jesus Christ, but he also wants you to know that you know him. He wants you to have that, uh, you know, assurance. And see, this assurance, it's linked to how we live subsequent to our profession of faith. We got to understand, like, if we know him, then we're going to obey him. How do we know that we know him? Because we walk it out, all right? And so here's the thing. Here's my third point, my final point. You listen to this, Jesse? Don't get excited because we really haven't even went to the Scripture, so this is going to be a long point, all right? So here's the thing. It says the way that we know that we truly have come to know God is by walking out our faith. And that's what we were just talking about. And so that's where all that sets up what, what, what John is trying to do in these three different types of examples. So, man, here, here's the thing. We're going to try to break it down because, man, this kind of seems like to be a progression of them. And this is what he says. Check this out. Keeping God's commandments is evidence that we have come to know him, right? He wants you to know him. He wants you to know that you know him. So how do you know that you know him? If you keep his commandments. Again, let's read verses 3 and 4. It says, and by this, we know that we have come to know him. How? If we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth's not in him. Man, he writes this and he says this and he's trying to kind of like explain it. And, And I like how he says, like he doesn't use like some diplomatic, nuanced, politically correct language like he says that person's flat out a liar right like like he does not say it some way that we're like man I wonder what he meant by that no I'm pretty sure like we know what it means to be a liar all right Uh, your pants is on fire all right and so here's the thing man we need to be careful we need to be careful when we read this because some people they read this and they start putting all the focus on the works They start putting all the focus on the obedience. They think that that's where the the focus is. And when we make that the focus, then all of a sudden people get confused and and they start kind of like reversing the order of Scripture. And so I got to say this. We're not saved. Listen, we are not saved by keeping God's commandments. We're not. Did y'all read the Scripture a while ago when my man read it for us from the stage? Man, it's not by what we did. Because anytime I do something good, and this is a few times, man, I'm trying to tell everybody, look at me, look what I did. And that's exactly what that scripture says. It said, man, it's not how we did it because, man, it's so we wouldn't be able to boast. Man, we got to be careful not to reverse that order. Man, we are saved by faith alone, like the scripture said, but genuinely saving faith necessarily results in a life that is obedience to Jesus Christ. Man, we got to understand that, man, if we have Christ and if we are living that life, that life is going to be obedient to Jesus Christ because we know him. Man, we're not saved because we obey. We obey because we are saved. Are y'all with me? All right. Man, knowing God necessarily changes our heart and our life. Man, I believe that when you do a study on this, man, behind our text today, Man, I think John's mind went to Jesus' word in the upper room. Because Jesus, in John 14, 15, he says this, 
if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And then he added in verse 21, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. And then like if we're reading that and we missed it, then he goes on in verse 24, I mean 23 and 24 where he says, if anybody loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our abode with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but it's the Father who sent me. And he doesn't stop. Man, when you keep on reading just a few sentences more in John 15, 10, he says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and I abide in his love. Man, the upper room discourse is like heavy. Man, we could spend months and months and months trying to break it down, but I'm going to try to do it in a few minutes, just some things that you could take home today. Man, when, the importance that we get from what we just read in, first, I mean, in John chapter 14 and 15 is this right here. First, the fact that John, as an old man, all right, still is reciting the words that Jesus said probably 60 years before he pens this, that ought to tell us something. Man, those were Christ's words. Like, he could not shake them from his life. Like, 60 years later, they still meant so much that he was able to probably jot them down almost word for word. Man, Jesus' teaching, man, it's not something that we just read and then forget. Man, our pastor, like, he loves Iwanas, and, and, and he's going to try to make us kind of go through Iwanas, right, Jesse? And so, like, every week, we got to have some scripture memory. You know, like, we got to have some scripture memorized. And, and it gets real awkward when we say, all right, what's the verse? And he puts you on the spot, and you're like, man, well, okay, see what? Man, well, I thought the Cowboys were going to go one more game in the playoff. Uh, and, you know, uh, okay, no, it's, it's embarrassing. You know what I'm saying? But what's even more embarrassing is if you come in, and, and if I told Jesse, if I know the verse, everybody's going to know that I know the verse. I'm going to be obnoxious that I know the verse. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to come in shouting the verse. I'm going to sit down, drop my pen, and it's like, oh, man, let me say the verse while I'm getting my pen. And then when it comes to me, I'm going to say the verse maybe two times, and then I'm going to get humbled because he's going to say, well, what about the verse from three weeks ago? Ooh. Ooh. See, there's a difference when you cram to know a verse on a day. And there's a difference when you know the verse that even 60 years later, man, you can still write it out. Man, you can still send it to this letter. You can still encourage, man, a fellow follower of Christ with this word because it meant so much to you. And as Jesus stated, man, those aren't his words. Like he said, these aren't even my words. Like I'm just telling you what the Father told me. And so, man, it's like Jesus' words are important. God's words are important. Man, we don't need to just read the Bible. Man, we need to like memorize the Bible. We need to be able to then not just memorize the Bible, but we need to live out that scripture that we memorized. We need to put feet to our faith. We need to walk it out. The second thing that I think is neat, like, about this discourse is that Jesus, man, he doesn't give out helpful hints, like, for happy living, all right? He's not writing a blog. He's not trying to get followers. He's not some therapist in the sky that says, man, you might want to try this technique. Oh, that didn't work for you. Then try this one. No. He's issuing commandments. And that means that you're not free to pick and choose which commandments fit best in your life because we do that. 
We're like, oh, man, ooh, I love songs. Men so comforting. Oh, I don't know about Romans. That's, too, that's a little too convicting, all right? Man, we pick, we choose, but, man, what he's saying right here is Jesus, man, he gives commandments. You can't pick and choose. Man, Jesus Christ's commandments are authoritative. Man, the third thing that we can get from this upper room discourse, like talking about how important this is to kind of like uh, understand, you know, like how to keep those commandments is this right here. Man, the word keep, it was used of like a sentry walking his post. And man, when a sentry soldier was walking his post, man, he had to be alert. He had to understand what was happening. He couldn't be dozing off in the service. You know what I'm saying? Like, he couldn't be, like, on his Facebook, like, oh, yeah, what's this? And somebody sneak in uh, past the border. Like, he had to be on his game. In the same way for us, when we talk about keeping his commandments, we're not talking about on Sunday. We're not talking about on Wednesday. We're not talking about, look at us, man. We did it for three days a week, only one hour each day. And, like, people saw us. No, we're talking about a lifetime. We're talking about every day. Man, we're talking about walking it out. Man, we're talking about being alert, being diligent. Man, the commands that he's given us, man, we got to live those out. The last little observation right there is, man, knowing God and keeping his commandments, they're not two separate things. Like, like they're, they're intertwined. Man, if we know God, man, we got to keep his commandments. Man, you can't, you can't just like, what's up, I got the fire insurance, I'm going to live my life how it is. Man, you can, but if you don't like church and you don't like praying and you don't like praising, ooh, heaven's going to be tough for you, my friend, all right? And so, like, man, we got to understand, got to understand, man, it's time for us to raise the bar a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It's not what saves us, but it's what we do because we're saved. Man, another thing that I want to try to challenge you with is in verse 5, all right? So we're going to put it up on the screen, but verse 5, it says, but whoever keeps his word in him... Truly the love of God is perfected, all right? Man, we got to understand that keeping God's word shows that the love of God has been perfected in us by keeping the word of God. See, the thing is, when you jump into verse 5, it's almost like he keeps on taking it a little bit further. It's like he's raising the bar just a little bit, a little bit. I mean, it goes from knowing God to the love of God. He goes from keeping his commandments to keeping his word, which seems like bigger and broader. And the Bible contains so many commandments, but it's more than just the commandments. It's the entire thing. See, there's beyond commandments in the Bible. There's principles. There's all different things for us to be able to walk out in our life every single day. Man, there's, there, there's specific commandments, there's general principles. Man, they all relate to how we should think, how, how, how we should be motivated. Man, uh, how we should set our goals. And we should obey all of God's word. And man, when he's talking about the love of God, man, that can seem ambiguous. Man, people, like scholars for years, they've been saying like, man, uh, different translations are written differently. Like, is it God's love for us or is it our love for God? But man, I think it's both. Man, I think it's twofold. Even though people are divided on it, man, I, I think it's bigger than that. Because, man, if God's love for us is perfected in us, then we're also going to love God. And can nobody love God before they have received God's love themselves? And when we talk about perfected in us, we got to understand that we will never reach perfection on this side of glory. However, however, man, it means that the love of God, man, is fulfilling its mission. It's reaching its goal every day when it's consummated in our obedience. So what I'm saying is, like, our obedience shows that we truly love God and we have been laid hold of his love by that. 
Then the last thing, men is found in the second part of verse 5 and then through 6. It says, by this, we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked, all right? And so when we talk about that, man, although, like, some people take that phrase, the last part of verse 5, and they point it backwards, Man, I want us to point it forward because I understand it to point towards verse 6. And it said like that, I'm going to read it again. By this, we know that we are in him. He's about to tell us. The one who says he abides in him ought to himself walk the same way that he walked. Man, Jesus equates, I mean, John equates being in Jesus, being in him with abiding in him. And abiding is John's term for fellowship, all right? Man, for, for walking that out in a close, intimate relationship with Christ. And so like these phrases, keeping his commandments, the love of God, and also abiding. Man, again, they all have parallels back to that upper room discourse to Jesus when he uses those words about the vine and about the branches. Man, in, in, in John 15, 4, he says, abide in me and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit, itself is a... Uh, it says, unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I mean, in our text today, we got to understand that John is saying that if we're abiding in Christ, we will walk as he walked. Man, we talked about this before, but like, man, if somebody told you they were 26 years old and they've never taken a step in their life, but there's nothing physically, uh, you know, holding them back, we would like say, dude, that's, that's, that's something wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, that doesn't add up. But yet there's some of us who we're very okay with being like spiritually 25 years old and never taking a step. We're like, dude, I'm good. Got God. Man, got that fire insurance. Like, I'm good. I don't really have to walk it out. Man, hey, you're probably right. But but, but, man, that's kind of crazy. Why would you not want to walk out your faith that you believe in, that you gave your life into, that he gave his life for? Man, to walk, I love this, because when we talk about the walk, man, it's not a race. That's good for a big guy like me. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't like running. Too, too many things moving when I try to run, all right? But, but, but walking, even though it's not as spectacular as running, leaping, flying, you know what I'm saying? It's steady. Man, this last week was like, bring my daughter to work day on Monday. And, and, and I asked her, I said, man, you want to go walk around, like do some laps around the worship center? And she's like, yeah, dad. And so we were walking. And then she's like, dad, you're kind of slow. I'm going to take off. I'm going to start sprinting. And I kid you not, she's fast. But, but she did not get, but halfway around, she's like, dad, where you at? I said, I'm slow. I'm fast. I'm coming. And she's like, yeah, but I'm tired now. I said, not me. Not me because, man, I'm slow and steady. All right, man, walking, it's sure movement in one direction. It implies progress, all right, toward a destination. Man, we got to understand to walk as Jesus walked, we're not talking about on water. We're not talking about going through the holy lands. Man, we're talking about, man, living a life that's characterized by daily dependence on God. Man, submitting to him. See, we use church words all the time, and for people who are not from the church or in the church, they look at you like, say what? And so we say things like, man, you know, Jesus is our Lord and Savior, and I believe that. I believe that's so true. But then when I ask myself, do I live like it? Because there's a lot of us that we love the fact that he saved us. May he saved us from death. May he saved us from being enslaved to sin. But not many of us like that he's the Lord of our life. Because we like to be the Lord of our life. 
Man, we like to choose where we're going to go with our future. We like to choose what we're going to do. We like to choose where we're going to spend our money on. And for him to be the Lord of life, man, we got to say, hold up. Before I do what I want to do, what do you want me to do? Every day. Not just like once. Man, not just once a time in our life, but every day. And so to walk as Jesus, man, that means that we got to live, man, a, a life characterized by daily dependence on God. And so here's the thing, man, I'm going to conclude like this, and this is what it is. Man, John is saying that you can know that you truly know Christ if you walk in obedience to his commandment in his words. And so that's what I'm going to say. Like, do you know Christ? That's what I want to ask you. Like, the band's fixing to come up, but I'm going to ask you right now, do you know Christ? Do you know him? Do you know Jesus? Because when I say that I know Jesus, man, I'm not shouting, I'm clean living. Man, I'm whispering, I was lost, but now I am forgiven. And when I say that I know Jesus, man, I don't speak of this with pride. Man, I say that day after day I stumble, and that's why I need Christ as my God. Man, when I say I know Jesus, I'm not trying to be strong. Man, I'm actually professing that I'm weak. And man, I need his strength to carry me on. And when I say that I know Jesus, man, I'm not shouting, I've been saved. Man, I'm saying that I get lost sometimes, and that's why I chose his way. Man, when I say that I know Jesus, I'm not bragging of success. Man, I am admitting that I fell, and I fell, and I fell, and I can't ever repay that debt. And when I say that I know Jesus, man, I'm not claiming to be perfect. Man, I'm saying I got sin stacked to the ceiling, but he looks at me and he says, Justin, you're still worth it. Man, when I say that I know Jesus, I'm not saying that I don't understand the sting of pain because I still got the heartache. That's why I'm calling on his name. And when I say that I know Jesus, man, I'm not holier than thou. Man, I'm saying I'm a sinner. Man, I just received God's grace somehow. Do you know Jesus? Man, if you know Jesus, you got to ask yourself, do you know that you know Jesus? And then if you're like, well, how? I'm, I'm confused. Like, how do I know? Man, you got to ask yourself, are you walking like Jesus walked? Man, are you obeying his word? Man, I want to pray for us real quick. And as I pray for us, man, the band's going to make their way. But, man, I want to pray for us. And so if you can, bow your head. Let's just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, man, I would ask people in this room to ask themselves the question, do I know Jesus? Man, had they trusted in you as the propitiation for their sins? Man, if so, like, do they know that they know him? Man, I would ask that they would ask how. Do they obey his word? Do they seek to walk as Jesus walked? God, if that's the direction and the focus of our life, then we can know that we know that we know you. So, God, I pray for the people that are in this room today. Because we talked about a lot of things. God, I pray that we can understand and that you would continue to unpack. Man, do we just know about you or do we know you? And then if we know you, do we know that we know you? And then if we know that we know you, are we walking that out? Man, are we putting feet to our faith? Man, are we just going to church? Are we actually being the church? God, man, we ask uh, that you would make this clear to us today. Man, if, if somebody is like here, man, checking things out, man, they, they want to get plugged into a church, God, maybe today could be the day. 
man, maybe they stop dating the church. Maybe they'll start saying, like, man, I want to do life with this church. God, if there's somebody here today that says, that's me, man. I know a lot about him, but I don't know him. God, today, let them change that. God, may we pray all these things in your son's precious name. Amen. You can go ahead and stand up. If you need prayer, come to the altar. I mean, if you want to talk about maybe church membership, come up here. Somebody will talk with you. Man, if you want to talk about knowing Jesus, man, let's have that conversation.